I went to Central High School. That's where I graduated. Where are my warriors at? Anybody? Don't sound so excited. Um, so I went to Central High School, and I will be honest, I have not set foot on that property since the day I graduated, something 12 years ago, and um, it was a long time ago, and I've not been back, so I don't know how the parking lot situation is now, but when I went there, it was the worst. It was the absolute worst, and so... Like, the parking spaces were, like, six inches too narrow to really park comfortably. Like, if you didn't hit it just perfect, you, like, can't open your door. Or maybe it was because I just drove an old junkie pickup that didn't turn well. Either way, not great. And so, well, this one particular day, I got to school a little bit later than I wanted to. And so, I didn't want to have to park in the back parking lot at Central. When I went there, like, I think the marching band practice is there now. But when I went there, that was, like, if you were late, that's where you parked. And so, it's, like, a 100 miles from the front door. And I did not want to do it. It was, like, late summer, early fall day. You know when, like, the morning it's cold, but it's still kind of hot because the sun's beating down, the wind's blowing. And you, I didn't want to get my jeans sweaty before class. So, I didn't want to park all the way in the back and hike a thousand miles in the sun to the front door. So I went spot hunting. I went looking for a parking spot through all of the front rows and all of that. And you know, if you drive, if you started hunting for a parking spot, you've already lost because you're not going to find an ideal parking spot. You're, you're going to find something that's not great. You know, the kind where like somehow somebody's parked halfway in your spot, but still in theirs because they're on their side of the line. I don't understand how that tri-dimensional wizardry works, but they're like in your spot, but in theirs, or maybe that's where somebody decided to leave their shopping cart that day. Like this is now the cart return and you're the worst if that's you. <laughs> or maybe there's a questionable bag of trash and right as you would drive in there, you would have to run over that bag of trash and you're not sure if there's like woodland creatures enjoying cold cuts in there. Like you don't want to squish a kitty in a, in a shopping bag eating burritos or whatever is in that bag. So you know what I'm talking about, an unideal parking spot up front. And so I found one of those. I'm driving through the, the lanes at Central High School looking for a parking spot hunting. And you know, other people are hunting for parking spots too, because they're also late. And I get to the front row and there it is. I spot it. A spot that looks like it's open and my heartbeat kind of kind of raises and my pace quickens because I don't want that person who's on the other road to turn and, and take it from me. So I, I hustle over there and sure enough, it's an open parking spot and I go for it. And as I'm pulling in, I notice the car to my right is a little, a little too close for comfort in the next spot. And, and what I mean by that is they were on the line. And when I say on the line, you could not fit a piece of paper between their wheel and the edge of the yellow line, but you could still see yellow. And so they were like on it. And I did what any one of us would do is I full sent it, right? I just went to the parking lot. And I know what you're thinking. I hit the car. No, I didn't. I just parked crooked. So crooked that I was like, I got to redo this. And so I, I, I went to back out to straighten up. And that's when my right rear tire decided to discover its identity. You see, that tire was born to be a rock crawler. That tire was born to crawl over things that it was not meant to. And it crawled up the passenger driver's side door of this car, across the gas flap, across the right rear quarter panel, crushed the bumper, and then went down. Honestly, really good ad for like BF Goodrich tires. Like it was, if I were BF Goodrich, I would use that footage for a commercial. But for me, it was really bad. And guys, it crumpled this car. Like this car was made of newspaper and dreams. Like it was like when your dad is crushing the cans for the recycling, like that, it annihilated it. And to make it worse, so I did end up hitting the car, spoiler alert. And to make it worse, the person who owned the car, in the car. I didn't know that 
because they had like the super dark tinted windows, which are illegal. So who's really in the wrong here? They're on the line. Their windows are so tinted. I can't see. I'm in the wrong. I hit the car. It's me. Uh, But still, they're in the car to make it even more uncomfortable and worse. I know that person and I know them very well. I have the next four classes with that person and I just annihilated their car. And so I have a choice to make. And by the way, she is one of the top three nicest people I've ever met to this day. Like just an angel, a saint among people. And she's like, oh, it's okay, it's fine, it was an accident. And I had a choice to make. I had a choice to make. I could either do the right thing, call my dad, call the school resource officer, report an accident, get insurance involved, all of that, do the right and moral thing. Or I could do what I did, which was convince her that it was not that big of a deal. Oh, it's just a little fender bent. That'll buff out. It's fine. And besides, we don't want to get insurance involved. That'll just raise our premiums. We'll have higher bills from here on out. Our parents are going to get mad. They might take our licenses away. What does this, and I'm like, blaming her even though I hit the car she was just in there probably praying she's a really nice person and I hit her car and I'm like we don't want to go that way it's fine we'll be okay let's just solve it ourselves we're adults after all we're in high school we know everything and so that's what we did we went on our merry way Great day of school. Didn't think about it again. Got home. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying myself in my room playing the original Modern Warfare because I'm old. And the sun's coming in the window. It's like I said, it's an early autumn day. I've got the window open. The sun's shining. The breeze is blowing. Not a care in the world. Then, ding dong, someone's at the door. (laughs) And who would it be? This girl's dad. To this day, I have no idea how he figured out where I live. She's never been to my house. He's never been to my house. This is some Jason Bourne level detective work. He figured it out. He figured out where I was. So my dad opens the door and I'm just like down the stairs watching like around the corner, probably very obviously. And and then he hands my dad this piece of paper after their conversation, door closes, silence. I'm like, I did it. Guys, I did it. I'm, I'm scot-free. I'm not in trouble, which is not true because that's not how the world works. My dad goes, Sean, come here. Let's have a chat. Walk upstairs and he hands me a piece of paper. And do you know what's on that piece of paper? A bill for $1,300. This dude went and got an estimate in the time it took for me to hit his car, go to school, go home, turn on the Xbox. He went to an auto body shop. He didn't have to make an appointment. He found where I lived and he got a bill. That's an efficient use of time, if you ask me. He knows exactly what he's doing in life, and I strive to be like him. But he found a bill. And if I had just done the right thing and called my dad and reported the accident, got insurance involved and all that, it would have saved me way more money because my dad made me pay every cent of that bill. And I did not have that money. I was 16. I worked at Cold Stone Ice Creamery, and you can only sing so many songs for tips. I did not have the money, and not only that, I lost my integrity because I didn't do the right thing. I didn't tell the truth, I hid it, and which caused me to lose so much more than money. I lost my truck, I lost my license, not like officially with the state, but my parents took it, which is almost as bad. They took my keys, they took my phone, all of it, and I lost so much more than if I had just done the right thing. Yeah, it would have cost me to do the right thing, but at most it would have been like a parking ticket At most, it would have been like I got grounded for the weekend, but instead it cost me $1,300, which as you know, 
is a large sum of money. And my parents totally lost their trust in me because I lied and I hid it. And in their eyes, and rightfully so, I was no longer a person of integrity. And so tonight we're starting a series called How Not to Be the Worst. And I'm better now, but I have a lot of experience in being the worst. Um, I've learned and grown over my years, and I'm no longer the worst. I can be worst. Anyways, this is a lost metaphor. Anyways, how to not be the worst? Don't do what I did. What I did was the worst. I lied, I hid it, I covered it up. So we're, tonight we're talking about integrity. Integrity is defined as the resolve or courage to do the right and noble thing because it is the right and noble thing. Or in other words, to do the right thing even when it's hard. Even when no one is looking, even when everyone is looking, even when it costs us, even when it's easy, we do the right thing. That's called having integrity. Now, integrity is a universal expectation. That means everybody expects everybody else to have integrity most of the time. Be honest. How many of us, when it's convenient to us, will bend the rules a little bit? Yes, you are all people of integrity who raised your hand. Those of you who didn't, you might want to listen. We will bend the rules when it's convenient for us. We'll, we'll cheat, we'll lie sometimes because what's the big deal? It's going to get me ahead. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's not that big of a deal. Well, it is, right? We all expect people to be, have integrity when they're dealing with us, but when it's inconvenient for us, we're like, how dare you hold me accountable? I'm doing things that's best for me. Like, thieves get mad when people steal from them. That doesn't, like, that doesn't make any sense. And so integrity is this universal expectation. We all expect everybody to have integrity and work together in that. Integrity assumes an ought to, or a, we should do this because we ought to, that we are readily appeal to, that we assume everyone around us is accountable to. In other words, integrity assumes that we do the right thing because we know we should, and we expect others to do the same. And we will quickly hold them accountable if they don't, even if they are not a person of integrity or they don't share the same moral compass we do. You see, as followers of Jesus, we have a specific moral compass that we follow. It's called the Bible. I hope you've read it. That is where the law is. That is where Jesus tells us how to have integrity. That is where Jesus shows us what to do in our lives. And in a world of moral relativism, things like my truth, what works for you doesn't work for me. There's no wrong way to heaven. Everything is fine. Like do whatever feels right. The world wants to be completely free to do whatever they want. They want to be completely free to do whatever feels good and whatever is convenient or advantageous to them. And that's where you see phrases or buzzwords, buzzwords like to speak my truth. There is no my truth. That's your opinion. And it's based on feelings. And you're entitled to your opinion even if it's wrong. Right? We have wrong opinions all the time. We're entitled to that as Americans in our freedom of speech. But it's not the truth. So you see, the truth is the word of God. There is no my truth. There is the truth and untruth. You hear things like, I don't like labels. And it's usually like a skeevy guy trying to just... Be free to do whatever he wants in a relationship. I don't like to label it. I don't like to put labels on things. They just don't want accountability. Or like, I don't identify with that. You hear these kinds of things all the time. And, I, and I'm not trying to like be hateful or anything like that. But, but these things, they just lack accountability. They lack integrity because it means you can do whatever you want. And in the court of public opinion... In the court of public opinion, it's really hard to be a person of integrity. It's really hard to stand up for what is right because, honestly, it's a tough spot. 
How many people have we seen get canceled, right? And I'm not saying that the people who got canceled were doing the right thing. A lot of the time, they were wrong. But we're afraid to speak up against what the court of public opinion says is right. But the truth is, the court of public opinion is not as important as the integrity and justice God expects out of his people. Matthew 5.10 says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who are opposed for doing what is right. God blesses those for blesses those who are made fun of, who are yelled at, who are who are put down for doing what is right and following his. The kingdom of heaven is there. So we need to have integrity in our life. We need to be people of integrity because that is what God called us to do. And it's a firm foundation for us to build our life on. Just like buildings, just like skyscrapers, just like bridges and roads. All those things need a firm foundation. Otherwise, they don't have what's called structural integrity. Think of our world like this bridge. This is a really famous bridge called the Golden Gate Bridge. It's in San Francisco. It's technically a national park, which I'm not sure how that works because it's a bridge. But um, it's a bridge to the national park, I guess. I don't know. But this bridge, look at all these like wires and cables and the concrete footings and pads. That's what makes this thing have structural integrity. Every part of that bridge was thought about and planned out and engineered to hold up the weight of that bridge. Anytime you see a suspension bridge, it's an engineering marvel because it weighs so much and, it, and it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds and it's, it's holding itself up. It blows my mind. I don't even know how to explain it. It's so crazy. But if one of those wires fails, the whole bridge is in danger. If one of those concrete footings where it, it stands in the water starts to wash away or gets cracked, the whole thing's in danger. Then it's no longer a firm foundation. Then it no longer has structural integrity. And if, and if the structural integrity goes away and the foundation fails, that bridge will collapse. And it will cause a chain reaction of devastation and damage. Think about how many people drive across that bridge a day to go to work, to go drop off, like semi-trucks go across it to drop off food, whatever. Boats go underneath it to drop off shipping containers, but apparently they're having a really hard time doing that these days. And so like if that bridge fell down right there, how many people would be cut off from their livelihood? How many people would be cut off from, from what it is they do every day? How many animals in the ocean would die from that amount of metal falling in? And so what we need to realize is that our structural integrity matters. Our structural integrity keeps us from taking out the people around us. If our foundation is compromised, if our integrity is compromised, we will have a collapse or fall and cause damage and pain to not only ourselves, but those around us. Just like this bridge, if that fell, it would cause a chain reaction of damage and devastation. And the same is true for us. Integrity matters in everyday life. In moments of normality, integrity matters because it is setting the scene for a much bigger moment of doing what is right. A moment where the stakes are much, much higher. Luke 16, 10 says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Jesus is saying right there, if you will be integral, if you will do what is right in the little moments, I will trust you to be faithful and have integrity in these big, big moments in life. But if you aren't, I won't trust you right? Faithful with a little, faithful with a lot. If we are able to do the right thing when nobody's looking, when there's no pressure, when the time comes when there is pressure and there is an audience, we will also do the right thing. 
There was this pastor, his name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he lived during the World War II era, and he was from Germany, and he was a Lutheran pastor. And so Hitler in World War II wanted to, I mean, he was just straight up evil, bad news. Not only did he commit the Holocaust, but he wanted to wipe out religion in general because religion fosters free thinking. Religion fosters uh, not fearing death, and that was a threat to him and his empire. So he wanted to wipe out specifically Christianity as well. And so what Dietrich Bonhoeffer did is he created like an underground seminary. A seminary is a school for people to become pastors, to become missionaries, to become worship leaders, stuff like that. People who work in the church go to seminary. And so he created this underground seminary, which was illegal. And so he's training up pastors and missionaries to go out and do God's work to oppose Hitler's army. How cool is that? And so Dietrich Bonhoeffer did this crazy thing that he knew was illegal, that he knew he faced death if he did And he literally stood against the powers of evil to uphold what God called him to do. Not for notoriety, not for accolades, not for some hope of being immortalized as a hero, but because it was the right thing to do. Later, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was killed and martyred for the cause of Christ. And like, if you want a crazy summer read this, this summer break, read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's biography because he ends up being caught in a spy ring. And he was like, he was executed because he was trying to assassinate Hitler and also preaching the word of God. That dude's legit, legit one of my heroes. And so, but how did, how was he able to stand up in the face of evil, in the face of World War II, in, in one of the worst, most evil people to ever walk our planet? How did he have the courage to look death in the face and still stand for what was right? It was because he laid the foundation for doing what was right in the small mundane moments. Integrity in the mundane, in the day-to-day, prepares us for integrity in the drastic big moments. The indifference of good people, righteous people, the people of God, the indifference of them is just as damaging as the injustice they ignore. This is why integrity matters. Because if we were to look evil like that in the face and go, hey, I'm in America, it's not my problem or we were to walk past people that are struggling in our community, things like that. If we don't have integrity and do the right thing, do what God has called us to do, our indifference is just as damaging as what they are going through. Doing the right thing matters because it is how evil is defeated in our day and age. Second Chronicles 19.7 says, Fear the Lord and judge with integrity. For the Lord our God does not tolerate perverted justice, partiality, or the taking of bribes. That's a pretty clear statement. And he's not talking about judge people. He's not talking about judging others. He's not talking about judging lost people who don't know what they're doing. He's talking about judging everyday situations. Judging in moments of where we can do what's right or wrong and we judge with integrity. What is the integral thing to do in this moment? Honestly, what would Jesus do? Now, I'm not here to like beat anybody over the head with right and wrong and rule following, like anti-shoplifting morality, nothing like that. No, integrity is so much more than lying and petty theft, though it does encapsulate those. Integrity is when the chips fall and there are two options, right and wrong. We choose to do what is right, no matter what the cost. And that is because we have the ultimate example of this, Jesus. Jesus knew full well that turning the concept of religion and relationship with God on its head would result in him being whipped and beaten. Jesus knew full well that if he opposed the Pharisees in the temple, which he did boldly, it would result in his death. 
He knew full well, and he did it anyway. Integrity is more than a matter of rule following. It's a matter of our foundational morality. And its practice is centered around the one who established the line of right and wrong, Jesus. We practice integrity because it is worshipful to our God. We practice integrity because we are called to be formed into the image of Jesus. And he was the image of justice, the image of truth, and the image of integrity. But in our day-to-day lives, in our normal moments of life, it can be hard to tell what integrity looks like. So we've created a game show. We've asked some of our favorite 4640 friends to come out here and help us out with this game. Hello, and welcome to How Not To Be The Worst Game Show. Here on this game show, we have a variety of contestants. We're gonna ask them moral and integrity-based questions, and they're gonna answer how they would live these out in their daily life. Let's meet our contestants. First is Pam. Pam, welcome to the show. Hi. Next, we have the Pirates. Hey! And last, we have Little Maddie. My welcome, mom little says Maddie. I'm unstable. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah. Um, hi. Okay. Uh, are you, oh my gosh! Are you Jack Sparrow? Hey, no. My name be Captain Swashbuckles McGillicuddy, Sailor of the Seven Seas. Hi. Okay, yeah, that's fine. My mom doesn't actually let me watch Pirates of the Caribbean because she's afraid of uh, me falling in love with a man with facial hair and riding off into the sunset on his motorcycle with no hopes or dreams. Okay, uh, first question. Um, you it's didn't true. do your homework, but you're afraid of getting in trouble and don't want a bad grade. What do you do? Pam, it's my turn. Uh, well, you see, this is an easy one because I believe that all work is homework because I'm homeschooled and uh, my mom's my teacher. She's been my teacher since first grade, the second grade, the third grade, the fourth grade. That explains a lot. Hey, I was picking up on that too. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Homeschoolers, yeah. Yeah. am I right? Uh, no, that did be wrong. I see, I had a home. The sea is my home, and there's always work to do on the tides of Poseidon. What? What? Oh, no, I cheat. Yes, I just look after my friend's answers when I go back to school. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's my turn. All right, if man. I didn't have my homework, what I would do is invoke my anarchy plan that I've been developing since the second grade. And I would bring the whole entire school system down onto its knees. And then once I had it at my mercy, I would take that sword and I would cut it down. Okay, you guys are all wrong. This is, this is not correct at all. You, I like this one. What grade are you I in? I guess if I have to declare a winner in round one, I would have to pick no, him. I regret it. I regret Let's switch spots. Yes. That's all it. Let's just move on. I think I bet you're Let's, Okay. Let's I'll just, take it back. Let's move on to round two. Round two's question. You want to post a pick, but you're feeling a little insecure. How do you handle this? This is a very easy one because, you see, my mom... She doesn't allow me to be onto the internet because she sees bad things can happen on the internet. And maybe again, I might meet a man and leave the comfort of my basement. But anyway, when you're going to 
to Safeway and you hang a right, there's a bulletin board there. Right. I would post it on the bulletin board. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Oh, I don't want to help for the love. Please buzz even in. Even if you had social media, no one would follow you. Look where are you No, yes, I, I love the Insta filters. I especially like the one that makes your eyes all pretty and big and like an animal. Yes, it puts the little hearts on your cheeks and it puts a glitter around you and it gives you the little kitty ears. I really like that one, yes. Who are you? Yes, I'm Swashbuckles McGill. You have okay, so I many layers. There's more yes. of a rhetorical yes. question. That's like my favorite. Onion. Okay, little Maddie, I'm afraid to call on you, but... It Okay. Yes. Okay. It works. Yes, it's working. Okay. Well, um, so I don't have insecurities. My therapist actually says I'm a narcissist. So, yeah, I would just post a picture. I think yeah. I would agree with. Let's the move on to round three. Round three. Yes. Your parents are out of town. Do you invite your boyfriend or girlfriend over? Hang out, unsupervised, Netflix and chill. This what? is also okay. a very easy one, okay? Why? Because you don't have a boyfriend? Shut up! How old are you? Three? Okay, listen. My mom will let me have a boyfriend. Also, I am deathly allergic to perfumes, uh, Axe body spray, other people's deodorant. Um, what's that stuff? Old people with Old Spice. Uh, what other things do men wear? Have you ever been left alone? Yeah. No. No. How old are you? I'm 24. What? What? I do have oh. a Harry Styles pillow in my bedroom. I don't even know what that means. I Harry do like Harry Styles. Styles. That's your boyfriend. Yeah. Harry Styles. Are you kidding me? Someone like else. Someone else. Oh, Would someone Styles. please buzz in? Yes. Thank I, you. Okay. Uh, Oh, yes, I remember my sweet puppet from when I was a little lad. You know, my my mom would go my mom would go off to work and my dad he died of scurvy twice, I think. What? what? Uh, yes. And uh, you know, he she would leave me alone and so that way she I could, you know, I would uh you you know I would uh, just stare out the window by myself. Yes. Uh, just asking sweet you know, sweet the seed to call me because I, I what? I'm all alone and I'm gonna die alone. Are you okay? Seriously. <laughs> what okay. happened? Seriously. Okay. okay. My turn, my turn, my Good. turn. Good. Okay. I guess that's for the best. Yes. Um, I have a question. Yep. Um, why would I have my boyfriend over when my parents were out of town? And why would it matter to say we're out of town? What would we do? Swash? Uh, yes, let me explain it. Uh, it has uh, something to do with a sea otter and a starfish, and I'll explain it a little bit later. Oh, okay. okay. Well, let, you know, yeah. that brings us to the completion of this week's episode of uh, How Not to Be the Worst. And in the history of this game, this has never occurred. All three contestants have literally tied for the worst. Yeah, we won! Yeah, yeah. That is You lost. You actually are literally... The worst. Yeah. Please, that leave. is not what my zero, mom says. Zero points for all of you. I hate. We so, all went. go. So, so when I see this loves was a an embarrassment, really. Much, yes, yes. yes. Okay. What's a starfish? Well, that was special, huh? Now, just like Pam and Swashbuckles McGillicuddy uh, and Little Maddie faced ethical and moral conundrums. 
We face situations like these in our everyday lives. Constantly we are faced with moments to do the right thing and have integrity, but it can be difficult to walk it out when rubber meets the road. These situations our game show contestants faced, although funny with their answers, but they're great examples of how we can show integrity. The first question, you didn't do your homework, but you don't want to get a bad grade. What do you do? Well, the, the right thing to do, the, the thing to show integrity thing to do would be to just own it. Just go to your teacher and say, hey, look, I just, I didn't do it or whatever the reason was. I would be willing to bet lunch that if you were honest and you told your teacher exactly what happened and you tried to make it right, you apologized, you owned it completely, I bet they would give you another chance. And it's because teachers are so used to being lied to and manipulated and tried to have a fast one pulled on them all the time. Like we know when somebody's lying to us, right? Everybody knows when somebody's lying to them. And the person lying to you is really just trying to convince themselves that they're not lying to you, that they're trying to like convince you that they're telling the truth. And, and how many times have we just lied to prove that we're not a liar? People do that all the time. They exaggerate, which is lying. They, they, they tell half truths. They like manipulate the truth to where they're like, what they said is technically true. If you have to put technically in front of your true, it's not the truth, right? It's, it's a half lie. And so we own it and we make up for it. We try to make it right. The second one, you want to post a pic, but you're feeling insecure. What do you do? If we're feeling insecure about posting something on social media, probably just don't post it. I'm not trying to mansplain here. This is not really something that I have struggled with personally, but if we're going to post something on Instagram that we're insecure about, why are we posting it? It's probably to get compliments and make us feel better about ourselves, right? It's probably a way to get likes and make us feel better about the way we're feeling about ourselves, which is where insecurity turns into pride. It's where we're focused on ourselves and not about how God loves us. You see, we have value and worth and beauty outside of those likes on Instagram, outside of those follows on TikTok, outside of our social media presence. We have worth and value. The Bible says that God made us each fearfully and wonderfully. God made us on purpose with intention. And so if we're posting in insecurity, we're looking in for security in not the truth. We're looking for security in people. We're looking for security in the standards of beauty in the world, which are impossible. We're looking for security in things that will pass away. We should be looking for security in our creator, God. If your parents are out of town, do you have your boyfriend or girlfriend over? Super easy, no, don't do it, it's a trap. It's a trap. Everybody say it with me. It's a trap. Run. Get out of there. Admiral Akbar. it's a trap. Get away. It's bad. The temptation is too real, like, to be serious. Like, if you don't have supervision, if you don't have accountability in the building with you, eyes of an angry dad near you, it's just too great, and it's not worth it. God wants us to protect our purity, that's showing righteousness, that's showing integrity, is to protect our purity and uphold what the Bible says. We're not supposed to have sex before marriage. It's just the truth, and it's inconvenient, and sometimes it's costly, and sometimes it's awkward to talk about, but that is the truth. If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend and your parents are out of town and you wanna spend time with them, go out in public. Go to the movies, go to the mall, go to the park. There are plenty of places where you can go and spend time with your boyfriend or girlfriend or loiter for free. You can go use public spaces and there's accountability. You're not gonna do anything weird at Canyon View Park or you will go to jail. That is the truth. 
Integrity in our day-to-day lives looks like these scenarios, but it also looks like being honest. If we really think about it, our interaction with integrity, our interaction with morality every day in our life boils down to telling the truth or lying. Telling the truth matters. And it's because the truth is so easily manipulated for our gain. The truth is so easily co-opted for what it is that we want to do in our lives. We will make up half-truths which our lives to prove our character. We'll exaggerate details of stories to make ourselves look better or convince someone that we're telling the truth. But really, like I said earlier, we're just convincing ourselves that our lie is true. Honesty is the training ground for heroics. Are all of us going to face a moment in life like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, where we have to look evil in the face, we have to look Hitler in the face and stand up? for what is right? No, not all of us are going to face a moment like that, but we are going to face a moment every day to tell the truth. We are going to face a moment every day to do what is right. The truth matters. John 8, 31 and 32 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, and that's us. In this passage, he's talking to his disciples, the people who followed him. And here at 4640, that's us. We are the disciples of Jesus. We are following him. And so Jesus is saying to us, Jesus said to us, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What did Jesus teach? Honesty. The phrase, I tell you the truth. Jesus says the phrase, I tell you the truth throughout the four gospels 76 times. When Jesus repeats something that much, it's probably pretty important. Jesus is trying to get us to understand that the truth matters. Telling the truth is important. And it mattered so much to him that he repeated it that many times. Because we are never more like the enemy than when we are lying. He is the father of lies. And he lies to us. He lies to the people around us. He lies all over the place to try and get us to fall away from God. But we are Christ-like when we are honest, when we tell the truth, even when the truth hurts, even when the truth costs us, and even when the truth makes us look bad. We have a responsibility as the children of God, as followers of Jesus, to uphold the truth and to show integrity in every situation because Jesus stood in our place and paid the ultimate price for our sin that he did not commit. Jesus didn't commit our sins. We did. And he stood there on the cross and paid the price for it because did he have to? No. He could have called the warring angels of heaven. He could have solved all this problem in a way that was more convenient to him, but he didn't. He chose to do it the right way the hard way, because he loved us and because it was right. And we are called to be like Jesus. We are called to uphold the truth, to be moral, to be righteous, and to show integrity. So I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. We're going to pray for just a second. And I want you to think about a moment where maybe, maybe you didn't show integrity. Maybe Maybe you just flat out lied. Maybe you stole something, whatever it is. I want you to bring that moment to your, to your mind and I want you to just say, God, I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry that I didn't show integrity when I was dealing with my teacher when, when I lied to her about why I missed that homework assignment. Jesus, I'm sorry that I lied to my parents about what was on my phone. Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry that in the private, I looked at that stuff on the, on the internet that I shouldn't have. 
Lord God, I, I just, we, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we thank you. God, we thank you that we get to, to do life with you. And Jesus, I pray that you would be in this room right now. God, that you would settle our spirits. God, forgive us of where we've sinned. Forgive us of where we haven't shown integrity. God, forgive us of where we've lied and stolen and cheated, those sorts of things, because that's not right. That's not what you called us to do. So God, we thank you that you do forgive so freely and easily. Jesus, we just, we love you. And we wanna do what's right because we love you, because we worship you. God, I pray for every person in this room right now that they would just be strengthened to do the right thing when it matters. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.